Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Smile, you're on candid camera. Welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. This is Eartha. Well, Candid Canberra was a show that was on a long time ago. And it took in uh, different surprises of people's expressions when different things were going on. Today, I kind of tied in a concept of not spontaneous photography, but actually mindfulness photography. I wanted to do something a little different with you today. So if you are curious and ready for a little bit of adventure, join me on a special mindfulness photography adventure. Before we get started, I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast to you. And thank you, Mary Lou and Sam, for making Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast to my listeners everywhere they go. Okay, so now let's get on some comfortable shoes, some comfortable clothing, and let's go for a mindful walk. Now, a little bit about our mindfulness activity, a little bit of background. I truly believe, and this is my opinion, that mindfulness and awareness is more than concentrating about the breath. The breath is very important. It is the anchor. It helps us to come to our levels like a gauge. And that's very, very important to be able to monitor and to be aware um, of different techniques of how to use our breath and to be aware of our breath to bring us to a level of calmness. Moving from that, in a realistic point of view, not many of us can spend time in a studio or you know in our home in our special mindfulness spot taking that amount of time concentrating and i think one thing that contributes to um, mindfulness clients um ability to sustain their practice is the amount of time it takes and the dedication to keep the practice going and you get better and it becomes a natural part of your life. And, and I think that might be a little bit of, of um, the contribution that makes it difficult, especially for new mindfulness uh, practitioners who are practicing mindfulness 
from my research and reading, uh, sustained practice for people who have had a mindfulness class, you know, eight-week course, and then sustain it for over a year. Sometimes those numbers seem to, um, as I am understanding the numbers, seem like they tend to decline. And so the goal, uh, one of my goals, is to help increase mindfulness practice throughout our life. So with that being said, how about let's look at activities that we can use mindfulness in and we can make it part of our lives. So today we're going to talk about mindfulness photography. And I'd like to point out that my reference again is positivepsychology.com. I think they provide brilliant topics for us to discuss during our podcast session. And I, I wanted to share this with you. Now, I have modified some of the, uh, the practice to fit transition awareness breathing uh, techniques. Um, and so get a camera, your cell phone camera, a box camera that you you know, get at a, uh, a grocery store, whatever. Uh, just get a camera, okay? And then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to think about why we're going to take a picture. And this is the mindfulness part, okay? So uh, usually if you're taking pictures, especially, and I notice with... Um, particularly my children, when I give them their first camera, they're just curious and they are taking pictures of everything. And it's so beautiful to see them go out and explore. So point number one, if you, in your, in your mind's eye, can stir up your curiosity just like this was your first camera. Do you remember getting your your uh, your new phone and you wanted to check out the camera because it was advertised that the colors were brilliant and the picture is sharp? Keep that frame of mind as we continue on our activity. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two. Find a, a place that you could take pictures of things around in the environment that is meaningful and important to you. And that could be anything, anywhere, any place. So for me, I am noticing a lot of the buds on trees, they're starting to bloom. And is what is really capturing my eye are the pinks. Now, I have to say, pink is not my favorite color. I think what is capturing my attention so much with uh, the pink blossoms is that it's, a, it's the shade of pink and it's the delicateness of the little uh, blossoms. And um, it's... To me, it seems the best word I can I can uh, describe it as is it seems fresh, 
brand new. And so for me, I would go and look at those uh, uh, flowers and I would take a picture of the blooms. Now, this is, that's one step. That's another step. So find something that is meaningful for you. It could be anything. It could be a cup of coffee. You know, if you go to your your favorite uh, coffee place and uh, there's something that you really like about the coffee or the environment, if that's meaningful for you, use that environment. If it could be something you're walking to work or taking your children to school, maybe there's something along the way that captures your attention, use that environment. So it's very flexible. Okay, so once you got your um, special spot that you want to take a picture of, that's the that's you've completed the step two. Step three is take a moment, and this is the mindful part, and contemplate and think about the feelings that you are experiencing when you are looking at this this item or this environment or this landscape. So you want to take a picture of it, and you take several pictures. Now, I want to share with with you a um, a couple of points that's not in the psychology dot com. Actually, it's a point that I learned from a photographer when I took a photography class when I lived on the West Coast. I cannot remember um, my teacher's name. <laughs> I'm really bad with names, but I remember his technique. And the crazy thing about this, you guys, is even though I can't remember his name, I can. It's it's like his um, his trademark. I can see. I can remember. And so even if I don't remember his name, I'm looking for his trademark. And I'm going to share that with you. So he shared the same thing. Take When you're taking pictures, take many pictures. Maybe go in the same area different times of day. Maybe morning and then afternoon and the evening um, when the sun rises, when the sun sets. And May, I'm sure this is this a lot of photographers, professional photographers. So it's, yeah, well, yeah, that's nothing new. That's part of the game. But we're going to use it mindfully, okay? So, uh, so that's the next step is we're going to choose different parts of the day to take those pictures. Okay, here's the next step that I, I that I uh, learned in this photography class. Now, when you take your picture and you're looking at it and when I when I took the photography class, you know, the iPhones were very new. They were very expensive. And so I had one of those little flip phones and it didn't have a picture. But, you know, so, um, you know, I had one of those uh, fancy cameras and it did not have a digital screen. So that's this is I'm talking about a long time ago. At any rate, you get your 
your picture develop. But, you know, today we, we have our phones. We can look at the digital image. Look at the image and then look for a picture within the picture. So when you're cropping and you're maybe, you know, divide your screen, look at it in four quadrants. You know, if you want to print the picture out, that's okay. But if you don't want to, you can look at your digital screen and just kind of look at it in four quadrants. And within those quadrants, look for a surprise or a picture within a picture. And with each segment that you're looking at, pay attention to the feelings and the emotions and what it means to you. What's, what message is coming out of that piece for you? Um, oftentimes, may I share an example? Um, f- for example, for group photography type of pictures, often the main focus is on a group. Yet, maybe there's someone or a little child somewhere off to the side or in the middle, and they are engaged in something that's capturing their attention. And often, you know, a a creative photographer might kind of blur out the group and then focus in on that person or that child that is focused on something that's totally different than the the um, taking their picture with the group. So I hope that is clear. <laughs> um, so practice is the next step. If you're not satisfied with the picture that you're taking, delete it. Uh, part of mindfulness and stirring up our creativity is that if if we are not satisfied, if this is not meeting our expectation, we can try again. There is no such thing as failures. Maybe it doesn't satisfy us. Maybe it's not meeting our needs, but just know that we can continue. We can try again. And so with that point of view, we're bringing in some um, positive mindset, self-talk, so to speak, so that if we're not sad, maybe, you know, the picture got a little bit blurred because of a little bit of shaking in the hand. Maybe you thought that, oh, you know, this was just a, a sporadic picture and I just can't get it. Well, go back again at the same time. It's okay. The focus and the goal is to be creative and to pay attention to your awareness of what's going on while you're taking the picture and when you are looking at the picture, when you're cropping that picture. And I am so excited for you. I'm excited that I can just feel the energy of of you finding the surprises in your work, in your photography. It's going to be amazing. So when you find that surprise, get it uh, developed and frame it. 
and maybe try another picture at another spot. It's springtime. It's a new season coming. So we can take this opportunity to be mindful in taking in the changes of the season and make it a positive time of uh, a special and a positive time of year that is different from the spring last year. So I'm eager and excited for you. I'm going to do the same thing, you guys. Uh, I practice mindfulness. I practice what I teach. And so I have just talked myself up into a lot of excitement right here. <laughs> and so I am going to get my uh, camera and uh, take some of those pictures of some of, the, uh, some of the things that are exciting and meaningful to me. And so follow me on Facebook, uh, Transition Awareness Breathing, and uh, keep an eye out on some, on, uh, for some of my photography. And maybe I'll even put some boxes or draw a little um, um, pictures, a graphic on there, so you can see what I'm doing is how I'm creating that picture in a picture. Okay, thank you so much for your time. I didn't want to keep you too long. I want to let you go so you can get out there and practice mindfulness photography. I'll talk to you again soon next time. Have a great day. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness. Awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.